Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. And today is November 28th, 2017. How was everyone's Thanksgiving? I had a ball. I feast out, but I had to get back on my shake and everything else. But we're going to get this show cracking today because a lot of you probably have a little bad solutions to the neck, the back, and the leg problems. I know I do sometimes, and most factor of that we work out, and sometimes, did you know that working out can cause us a lot of pain? So we're going to find out what other options can we take, and is working out really a good solution for us. But here with me to explain it all is Jenny Nattler, who is the founder and CEO of Core Body Wisdom. Core Jenny's approach is structural realignment integration, which draws on her years as a wellness educator and body alignment specialist to support individuals with stress and in pain structures to be free, pain-free, and rediscover freedom and movement. And she has a wonderful book out that would definitely focus on the anatomy and all that. But without further ado, I'd like to bring Jenny on. Jenny, thank you so much for being here with us today. This is a great topic that we definitely need to crack, and especially since I work out a lot. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. How was your Thanksgiving? I can hear you loud and clear, Jenny. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. I got invited to the neighbors next door, and it was so easy. (laughs) It was like my family said, oh, we get to bring everything over there, and we don't have to clean up. (laughs) It was great. I know that's right. I was so happy when my husband came to me. He said, honey. You don't have to worry about cooking. My daughter's doing it. I was like, yes. (laughs) I I do not actually get out of a a holiday without cooking. I might be able to escape Christmas. So I was like, yes. Because I had my whole list. I was like, these are things I need to get. And when he said I zoomed, I put that list. That list is still in my purse. So I was like, okay, good, great. (laughs) I know. I made I made the pies. What else? I made something else. We brought it all over, literally right next door. And it was like, oh, my daughter looked at me and said, could this be better? <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and it was fun. We got to eat, talk, and and go. <laughs> exactly. Well, Jenny, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for you for being here today. We we need these solutions and this answer because a lot of people yeah. have the net back and leg pain. Um, and I'm glad to yeah. have you on for the fact that one of my coworkers was just talking about she um deals with a lot of leg pain because all her weight goes to her legs. So to guys it looks sexy, but for her she's actually in pain and they're so big and and then I read more into what you actually do and the fact that I love to lift weight because I'm trying to build muscle, but is that a good solution for me? doing things wrong so so first and foremost Jenny I want to ask how did you get into writing this book on spiritual anatomy aligning the body and soul oh 
you know, it's been it, it's been a, a lifelong journey for me to to discover what it means to live in a body. I grew up I grew up in a in a household where like most of us, I mean, you know, there there's so much there's so much we don't know when we come into living in nature and how connected or disconnected I am. So very early on and um and in my experience, which is not everybody's experience, I happened to come into a violent home. There was, um, it, was, it was violent, just let me say that. And the trauma to the children in the household was very great. So when I, when I started to grow and what I was interested in was anatomy and physiology and movement and um, how does my body actually become the body that it is? And that's why anthropology was always so fascinating to me, how, how people throughout cultures for hundreds of thousands of years have used this vehicle and misused this vehicle. And so... Years went by, and um, I got involved deeply into yoga. I studied in India with K.S. Iyengar, who is one of the foremost. He's gone now, but he was one of the foremost yogis that brought yoga to the Western culture. And, um, And I just delved into the anatomy. And so I was teaching, and I was working with bodies, and I had such an incredible compassion for this vehicle that we live in that goes through so much in a lifetime and and how we how we don't use all of the truth of who we are so while physically my passion was to educate myself as deeply and how how this body works anatomically, physiologically. It became much more than that because when people would come to me and they'd have these openings through my my method of working with them, there was so much that was living, is living in the cell structure that we don't even know because we inherit. We inherit thousands and thousands of years of of culture. And so it all started to come out and it became a very spiritual journey in my own body and working with others. And I finally had to um, say it's time, it's time to write and, and express and share. So that's right. how it all happened. Okay. Because you even mentioned that we're not aware of this. I guess uh, the high pro, the probability that our body is distorted to one side or, or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when when I look, when I was studying so many years ago, this feels like it's, you know, this journey is, I mean, it's gone on forever in, in, my, in my passion. When I look at the 
evolution of the human form. And when we were four-legged, we actually were much more balanced than we are now walking on two legs. Because the truth of the matter is, in Western industrialized societies, we don't walk on two legs. And through hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, as we went, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, as we went from being a four-legged where we actually used the upper limbs mm-hmm. and they stretched out of the pelvis and into the earth and we were walking on the front legs and walking on the back legs. If you look at a dog or a cat and how fluid they move, we don't move that fluidly because as soon as we come into a physical form and mm-hmm. we begin to walk, we lean, we fall into one side more than the other because we're two-legged. And we, we might trip, you know, as, as babies. I mean, we fall down, we get up, we fall down. Right. And then when we start to grow, now we're getting into more activities. So now mm-hmm. we're young children and we're riding bicycles and we're falling off the bike and we're running and playing soccer or whatever we do, baseball. And we lean more to one side than the other. So what happens to us physically and, and where in my study of embryology when we are in utero and we are growing this embryo that becomes us. It's fascinating. The very first place in the human body that is formed, the first structure, the heart is the first organ, but the first physical structure in the body is in the floor of the pelvis, and that's called, the space is called the perineum. And this little tiny place is where everything is birthed from in the human body. So with 28 days in utero, the limb buds pop out. The shoulders, the, 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 the leg coming out of what will be the, the, the ball and socket joint. Everything comes from what becomes, when we are fully grown, a one-inch place in okay. the floor of our pelvis. And so when we stand up to walk, right. these, these fibers, we are like little malleable sponges. These fibers, the pelvis, and literally pull one leg bone over toward the other and right. pull the hip across, pull all the sacral bones apart, up across to the other side and all the way up the spine. And so a lot of people suffer from severe scoliosis, which is curvature of the spine. But the truth of the matter is, we all have this slight curvature in the very base of our spine. And as we grow and as we use these bodies more, now we get to be in our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, our 70s, And the twisting and the wrapping around of muscle around bones is now pulling us further and further out of alignment. 
And that is what is causing all of our pain. So if wow. Has, if someone has knee pain, uh-huh. and I have people who come to me and say, oh, my God, my doctor tells me I'm going to need a partial knee replacement. I'm worn away. And I'll say, well, wait a minute. Let me look at your structure. And literally what I can see is the musculature with their clothing on. I mean, when people wow. look at my book, you know, you'll, you'll look in the mirror at yourself and you will see how your clothing on one leg starts to wrinkle in a completely different way than your opposite leg. So wait a and minute, so, Jenny. Is that, is, is that why yeah. when you, like, you put your arms together, per se, is that why one looks longer than the other one because of this misalignment in our body? Exactly. Exactly. So, so how did so 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 how do we actually begin to bring ourselves back into alignment? What are some things we could do? Well, once once you look at your body, and what I have people do, I mean, you know, not everybody is in front of my eyes, but you have your eyes, and once you stand in front of the mirror, and you actually see which side, the lower side, which you. Um, I, I tell people you're either a right droopy or you're a left droopy. You know, we can only go one way or the other. The likelihood that we are coming straight down from the crown of the head all the way through the nose, through the center of our body, all the way down into the floor of the pelvis and completely aligned is not great. And so once you see this, then what has to happen is through knowing where your pelvic floor should be. So most of us tuck the tailbone under. We literally push the whole pelvis forward. And what has to happen is we need to free the base of the buttocks because the base of the butt is now getting literally tucked underneath our bodies. And okay. that is pushing the thigh bones, which are called your femur bones, the long bones in your upper leg. That pushes the femur bones into the quadricep muscles, and we literally now are in prison. So if we're tilted to one side and the upper torso is dropping into the lower torso and as you say, you take your arms over your head and mm-hmm. you put your hands together and you say, gee, my, my left arm is, you know, maybe an inch, an inch and a half higher than right. the right and arm. And I know that all right. my life one arm's longer than yes. the other one. Yes. It's because your which side is that? Which which side for you is that that your arm is longer? My right side. Okay, so your right arm you feel is longer. It's because I'd venture to say without even seeing your body that you droop your upper left torso. Oh wow. The whole upper <laughs> body is dropping mm-hmm. into your left pelvis. So of mm-hmm. course the left side is shorter. And all of those muscles in your spine on the left side are kind of like an accordion. You know, they're all closing down on each other. 
And then the hip bone on that left side is dropping onto your left femur bone. And your whole right side is saying, well, I guess she wants me to go over to her left. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just paying attention to what she's telling me to do. So all of the muscles on your, on your other side, your right side, are kind of spiraling around to the left. So what you have to do when you're standing and looking at your physical structure is say, with the help of this protocol that I've done, which is I'm so visual that the only way I could unravel my own severe sacral pain was to figure out where it began. And I realized, once I realized that I would, I'm, I'm a right droopy, so I tilt into my right side. And my whole right butt is completely tucked under my body. So there's no freedom for my spine to climb out. So once you move the whole pelvis back a little bit, it could feel like it's a quarter of an inch. And where you're moving it back from is deep in the floor of the pelvis at this site that I call the perineum, which is anatomically between the anus and the genitals. It's a very small little spot. So women who are birthing babies, this is the spot that when a doctor does an episiotomy, so the baby's head could crown, they cut this place so all of the fibers can expand and the baby's the baby can come down the chute and come okay. out. Tiny little place is where all the millions of fibers that when we were created are all tangled up like a rubber band ball. So if we're tucking the tailbone under and the leg bones are pushed forward, there is no space there. And so the first thing that we need to recognize and do is how do I put my awareness into this tiny little place in the floor of the pelvis and begin to understand where around this one-inch little circular place, and I've, I've made it in my own mind's eye and in the book, the pictures are amazing, to guide, is I make it look like a clock face. So where around my clock, if I'm really tucked under in my right side, then six o'clock on my clock is right in front of the anus and 12 o'clock on my clock is behind the genitals. Then between six, five, and four is where I am completely jammed. And all of those fibers from the first moment I use my body, sucked under, spiraled, and screwed. And then why? At For me, it was like 45 years old. And I was by then doing yoga for 20 years. What is this pain? I mean, I'm a yogi. Why am I in pain? Right. Why am I in pain? Yeah, because I'm doing my postures on my right side. It's completely tucked under. 
and my left side that's coming over all of those fibers. And I am turning and twisting these fibers that are now connected to the leg bone, connected to the hip bone. My knee was hurting me. I was a runner. So, of course, that was making it worse. Exactly. All the fibers on my right leg were twisting and pulling that little patella bone, which is like paper thin, pulling it around and around. And then my right arch was completely dropped, and I sprained that ankle at least five times. And I say to myself, why am I keep tripping and falling on this right side? Well, it began to make sense. So once we learn our own anatomy, and how many of us in elementary school knew anything about our own anatomy? I mean, you know, if kids were taught, how their bodies function, we might be able to use these bodies in a much healthier way and get to be 80 years old. You know, you know, that, see so many people in walkers now. Right, and you see them on canes, and I'll and I be wish I say, oh, I hope I don't get at that age, and what causes all that, and we have so many questions because we're we so fearful because that's our vulnerability, fear. It plays a big yeah. part in our life. And as soon as we have that pain, I, the, here comes the fear of maybe I need a hip replacement. We have all these questions. Why my back hurts? Why is this? Why is that? No one is teaching us this, yeah. what you're teaching us, Jenny, in class. And as it's, you it's, said, we yeah. do learn about the anatomy of the body, but no one breaks it down like this. This is amazing how, not saying no one is stupid or dumb, but we just have been miseducated for so many years. And now you bring us to all this. And I mean, along with all these emotions, as you said in your book, we carry all this in our bodies along with the guilt, the shame, the anger, because you talked about this one lady named Judith in your book, and she didn't know why she could stop painting. She having all these pains, and wow, I mean, yeah. we don't. We don't know where the pain know. comes from. Yeah, but I you- mean, you know, when when I when I physically, I mean, because my sacrum pain and my down the leg, you know, sciatica, it was intense. And, and when I finally realized physically how I was wound up and I started to say, I I have to stop yoga the way I'm doing it because clearly I'm exacerbating the situation and clearly I have to stop running because I'm making this worse and I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but I do know that there has to be a place where it all began. And so I had an amazing mentor in my life that, that showed me how out of alignment my pelvis was. And once I realized that, and then I figured out where it was coming from, and I started to make space and be able to breathe the energy into these spaces, then what happened was... I started to realize how in total abject terror as a child being born into the family I was born into that I contracted my entire little body in total fear. So you know when you're scared, really scared of something and in the pelvic floor, we tighten the buttocks, we tighten the anal muscles, we tighten all the sphincters because that's our most vulnerable place. 
And so all of that area in the pelvic floor was squeezing. And then I could feel my old baby pattern when I was in the crib of that cringe, like my shoulders dropping and my head falling into my chest. Total fear. Would I be beaten? And then I realized what I was holding. And of course, physically it manifested. How could it not? And then as I grew, I, I was in my, my early 20s and I was going to the dentist and, and they would say to me, you know, you're grinding your teeth, honey. You know, you, I mean, we don't know. These teeth might not last, last you your lifetime. Well, in actuality, they didn't. I've had to have every tooth ground down. And so I, I realized the grinding course. I was jamming my jaw together. I was terrified. And so the, the emotional, the psychological, our body reaction. I mean, people who go through wars and, and have all of this, this fear that at any moment they could be killed. Yeah, they they can, and that's a that's yeah. a that is a lot to take on. Oh, um, Jenny, I wanted to get to one question. One of my viewers wanted to ask. They want to know: Don't we tighten those areas? Because you mentioned on tighten those areas because our bodies are trying to protect our spine. Yes, but and not but. If we have pain, so if you have low back. And most of our back pain, because of being two legs and how the upper body literally shortens into the pelvis, because how many times have we heard we get shorter as we get older? And the only reason we get shorter is because we're dropping the upper body literally into the pelvis because the pelvis is thrust forward and the spine can't grow out. So, Hmm. yes. We are protecting around the low back. In actuality, we need to open all of those muscles that have contracted to create the freedom of movement and let the energy move through. I mean, we are energy bodies. And so when we're in pain, it's just like when we're in fear, and I know myself, when, I, when, when I'm in pain, intense pain in my body, I'm scared. And when I'm moving, I'm contracting areas. So, yes, for your listener, you're absolutely right. It is true. And when you are unraveling the distortion and muscles are unraveling over the bones and around the bones, you begin to feel the freedom and the space is no longer needing to contract okay. and protect. Now, now, Jenny, I know throughout your book, we talk about cells have a memory. What do you mean by mm. that? And 
what does it have to actually do with the healing process? Mm. So, given that we are energy bodies and the cell structure, like for example, in every every muscle fiber in our body is made up of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of individual cells. And these cells, you know, they have a nucleus. Anybody who's taken biology many, many years ago, the cell structure has its own formation in the muscle fiber. So if I contracted for whatever reasons, maybe as a child, you know, I fell off my bike and 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 I I contracted muscles to protect injury, the cells actually have a memory of that fall on my bike. And so when I am unraveling the memory maybe not even you know, I might have been a little kid. I might have been six months old. I mean, you know, I remember my mother telling me that I fell off a swing in New York City and landed on my face. Well, I didn't actually remember that incident happening. But when I started to unravel in my hip, I could feel the pain of that fall. And it was old, old, old. Because the cell structure and the contraction and the shortening and the squeezing, it's all in there. It's kind of like an encyclopedia of our, of our whole history. And not only what's fascinating about all of this is, is that we not only have the memories of our own lifetime, but we are born into families that come into lineages of histories. So so how come, for example, people who have come through, like in Germany, the Holocaust, today in Germany, three generations later, the shadow, the, the darkness of this is living in the beings three generations later. We literally carry the history that came before us, which is pretty fascinating, what we really do inherit. So in a time that we're living in right now, where there is so much going on, the enormous amount of violence, and what we are becoming aware of in terms of the racism, This is living and the colonialism, how we created society, why we create war after war after war. It's all living in our cell structure. So for me, what I'm passionate about in healing is I'm passionate because the human structure is so sacred and it is the divine vehicle 
the light. I want the light to flow. And healing my structure is so important. Because healing on so many levels starts right here with me. How come my energy is not flowing completely through my body? How come I'm so separate? How come I believe I'm so separate from another human being or different from another human being? There's so much that lives in this human form that we are just touching the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg. So memories, memories. I mean, there's a whole field now called epigenetics. The science of epigenetics has proven that we have generations and generations of lifetimes of information. But in my research, this is fascinating, I was looking at epigenetics and Vanity Fair magazine had this article about a racehorse. And in Argentina, evidently, I didn't know this, the, the best of the best horses, racehorses, come out of the breeding in Argentina. And one of the, the horses that won the Triple Crown years ago, that horse was terrified of snakes. I guess there was a snake and the horse reared. The generation after that horse was scared of garden hoses. The generation after that, scared of garden hoses, the moving of the hose. The memory of the snake was in the cell structure. So now this is a whole science. There's an amazing scientist. His, uh, his name is Bruce Lipton, and he wrote, a book, I mean, fabulous book for your for your listeners. It's called The Biology of Belief. Okay. Now make sure I write that, keep that in my mind. Yes. Biology of Belief. Wow. Yes. It's amazing how, how everything is. Yes. Yes. It's we amazing how belief. everything is connected. Everything. It is. We, of course, right. we inherit beliefs. I mean, how did how did I come to believe in my family? the things that I come to believe, that I argue right. so fervently about. You know? <laughs> How did I? I, it, it I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm a, wearing it. I'm a, wearing it like someone's old clothes. <laughs> exactly. See, you've been doing this. You've been doing this for years. This takes deep research and knowing your information. But we're going to take a short commercial break with Jenny. We're going to come back and make sure you please have your questions ready. If you feel like calling in, you could do so at 347-426-3751. And we'll be right back after this commercial break, so don't go anywhere. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. We first opened about 10 years ago. We were, we were small, just a few of us, but it was exciting. I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans, but in our wildest dreams, we never, never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier. 
What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now, before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Today we decided to walk to school. At the corner, we waited to cross the street. The stoplight counted down. 15, 14... 31? I mean, 13? We, we took, took a left, left on Carroll Garden Street. Garden Street? Loud music was coming from a car. Danny's a smart kid, but he gets so distracted. There were so many other sounds. I didn't know what to focus on. Danny, Earth to Danny. Suddenly he realized he forgot his homework again. I left my homework on the table. At the, the school, school steps, steps, we hugged goodbye. goodbye. I, I really, really hope he doesn't have another bad day at school, school today. Day. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free online resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Get personalized recommendations, practical tips, daily access to experts, and more. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with we're back with Jenny Nadler, who is the founder and CEO of Core Body Wisdom, and has a wonderful book out called Spiritual Anatomy. Make sure you please get that on your bookshelf, definitely, because we wonder why we're going through all these different pains, and we don't even know why. But she is enlightening us with this information that we had no idea of. And if you're watching the replay, thank you. Make sure you share it with your friends and family. And you can also check out the archives at www.brightsidewithtk.com. Jenny, um, so we, we have we have done so much talking about what is actually going on in our body, and it it just amazes me so much. Um, now, how can we how can we actually discover? Because we we talked about the trauma that we probably experienced in our own lives, and even inherited from our families to affect our health, but how can we discover and heal the trauma found in our body? Oh, it's so tender. I mean, what we are, what we are asking of ourselves, and we have to have an enormous amount of compassion and empathy for what we as beings in this structure you know, for how many years are we here? You know, some of us more than others, but 80, 90 years. What we have embedded in this structure. So when, when the body, and, and there are very often times, you know, when I'm working with an individual and, and the pelvis starts to, expand and there's space between the legs and the pelvis and the pelvis and the spine and and all of a sudden someone says oh my oh my I, I think I'm feeling deeper as to where the source of this pain is coming from and then all of a sudden he or she will just burst out crying from the release of the tension that has been held for you know, however many years we've been squeezing around these areas. 
that very often when that tension is released, whole stories of tension are released. And so healing is taking place on so many levels. And, and you know, I, I, I work with people on a severe emotional and psychological level. But very often when you're starting to open, you need help because when memories start to be unleashed in the physical structure, there needs to be an avenue. We need to be held if not physically held, then held by someone listening to us. And the art of listening is is really, really important because for so many of us, so many people say, you know, I just don't feel listened to. Right. And so it's really important to have a support system, friends, you know, I mean, just to be able to associate the physical opening with the then emotional opening. Like I was working with one of my my clients and she began to to expand and the muscles were softening around where she was in pain in the low back. And then all of a sudden, she just burst into tears and in her body was remembering the abortion that she had. The body was remembering the abortion and she literally fell to the floor and she was in a fetal position and, and, and she said, oh my, I thought, and she, she's 60 years old. She said, I thought that I was done with this. I, I went to therapy around it and, and I came to peace around it. And I said, yes. And now as you're expanding, the memory is in the tissues inside the body. And now your body at this level is healing. I said, how beautiful. And she sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I just held her. I said, you don't need to say a word. You don't even need to tell me a story. It doesn't matter. Because it's not in your mind. It's in your body, and it's important for us to un- unleash these stories out of our body. You know, I can't exactly. say, you know, I can't say for sure that cancer and, you know, severe illnesses that we are, as a society, you know, getting more and more and more of. I mean, I, I can't say that opening the structure and unleashing the pain on other levels can directly correlate right. to healing, you know, breast cancer. What I do know, though, is that by creating more space for energy to flow, because in the floor of the pelvis, I mean, there's so much ovarian and 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 prostate cancer, uterine cancer. If we are squeezing around the pelvic floor, then the energy isn't flowing. And at the very base of the spinal cord, 
all of these nerve endings emanate out at the very bottom. And these nerve endings at the base of our spine feed every organ system of our body. So if we're squeezing and shortening, then we're not getting fed. So I, while I can't tell you for sure that, you know, this could be a reason why we're developing various illnesses and abnormalities, I do know that when the energy doesn't flow, we cannot be as whole as, as we have the opportunity to be. So the healing, the healing physically in opening the energy body. That's what we are. We're an energy body. We're made up of light. You know, when we, when we come in, when mommy and daddy's cells come together, those first two cells, before we even begin to develop, we are light. The light comes in and we start to multiply themselves, multiply, multiply, multiply. But before we came in, we're pure light. We're just movement. What, what is light? Light is movement. And what right. happens to our bodies as we shut off and shut down? We lose our ability to move. Wow. And speaking of moving, Jenny... You have an entire chapter in your book that's actually dedicated to relearning to walk. What's exactly wrong with the way we walk and how and how do we relearn something so elementary? Mm-hmm. So what I want what what I would love for your listeners, like like when you look in the mirror and yeah. you ascertain um, okay, I'm a right droopy, I'm a left droopy. I look at myself from the side. Wow, I'm really pushing my leg bones forward. And now you start to move in this body. And like me, I'm a right droopy. So I, my whole upper torso is falling into my right side. And I literally am dropping heavily into my right leg. And my left leg is kind of hanging back behind me. Because when I swing that left leg forward, it isn't, it, it isn't connected into my pelvis the same way. My right leg is jammed. My upper body is collapsed onto my right leg. And on my left side, I'm not able to extend the left leg into the earth. So in relearning to walk, I want to use both of these legs and have them emanate out of my pelvic floor. And we have, on the inside of our thighs, we have muscles called the adductors. Most of us, because of this pushing forward and this collapse, we're not using the adductors and we're not using these amazing muscles called the psoas. And psoas is spelled P as in Peter, S as in Sam, O-A, S as in Sam, psoas. The psoas muscles are amongst the most important muscles in the body because they're in the way upper inner thigh. 
They go over the pubic bone. They go behind the big crest of our pelvic bone, and they connect in the lumbar spine above our waist. If we are pushing the pelvis forward, Mm -hmm. the leg bones cannot emanate out of the spine. The spine cannot stretch up out of the pelvis. And we are not walking on our legs. We are actually walking on the base of our spine. And so in relearning to walk by creating this amazing space that really everybody, I know, you know, you might be listening to this and saying to yourself, you know, I'm 75 years old, I'm 50 years old, I'm 35 years old. I've been walking in this, right this now. way forever. You know, I'm a runner, right. I'm a, you know, I play tennis, I, you know, you know, I'm a swimmer, whatever exercise you do. How can I change this? Mm-hmm. You can change it by creating the space in the floor of the pelvis. So you're using those muscles on your inner thighs, the adductors, and the psoas muscle, so that every step you take, your leg bone comes out of the pelvis and not on the earth, but it's as if you're moving the earth under your feet, below you, you are truly weight-bearing. I mean, watch how you walk and watch, begin to watch people around you. You know when, when a lot of people shuffle on the earth? You can literally hear the shoes shuffling along. Yeah. We, we're not weight-bearing. Weight-bearing means moving the leg bone into the earth and actually pressing the floorboards into the next floor of the building so that your abdominal muscles can lift up out of your pelvis. That's why we get weak abdominals. We don't use them. And so the upper body has to lift up. So you're in the relearning to walk the very basics if you if you look at these chapters of the book where I'm teaching you your anatomy, and little by little, you begin to say, hmm, wow, I never felt my left leg press into the floor like that. That's probably why mine hurt most of the time because I get pain in my left leg all the time. I'm like, wow, why does it hurt so much? And I know I'm a waitress. And I walk along the floor, but I'm like, why does it hurt more than the right leg? Because the right leg never hurts, but on this side, it feels like it's a whole throb going on. I'm like, wow. And I mean, that's sort of, this is answering my question. And by all means, we discussed about yoga and how that can cause us problems. But what are some more line approach to exercise? You know, I'll always be a yogi. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll... But when I realized that I, with a tucked under pelvis and a dropped into right side, that I'm collapsing in every single posture, when I started to unravel, then if I did one yoga posture a day, that one yoga posture could take a half hour. 
because now I'm coming up, I'm going down, I'm coming in, I'm focusing on the space in the root of my thighs. Am I standing on my back leg while I'm doing a triangle to my right side? And so in every form of exercise, like for example, I've worked with an Olympian, um, amazing young woman. Her mother brought her to me. She was 13 years old and she's a rower. And she was just in her first Olympics in Brazil. Um, And she, she was in the rowboat, and she showed me because I had her sit on a chair, and she said, you know, my whole right side, I cannot get the power. And when you're rowing, you're rowing to one side. And I said, well, you're only sitting on your right butt, honey, and your whole upper body is collapsing into your right leg. We need to get you to lift up out of that right side and have a left leg to stand on. So the stretches that you do, and I take you through stretches like sitting down. How am I sitting? So if you if you say to yourself right now, how am I sitting in the chair? Now, are, I, are you like your upper body kind of like slouched, like when you sit on a couch, right. like a couch potato, right? You was so right. You definitely would see a person sit upright with their back against the chair. No, yeah. Right now, if I push my tailbone under, mm-hmm. I'm completely, I'm completely tucked. My lumbar and my sacrum are beginning to hurt me. So what you do to the simplest exercise is say, okay, I'm going to sit with my with my lower legs, my shin bones perpendicular to my thigh bones, my feet are coming in a bit, and I'm going to move the front of my perineum, that little circle in between anus and genitals. 12 o'clock is right behind the genitals. So I'm going to drop that front of that little one-inch circle forward onto my cushy chair. What happens when you do that? What happens is that the low back starts to straighten out. And I could feel my feet on the floor. Now very slowly, let your tailbone collapse back toward the back of the chair, kind of like couch potato. I just felt my shoulders like literally creep into my pelvis. My neck and my head dropped forward. And I'm not really having my feet in the earth. I'm kind of like my feet are on the floor, but they're not in the floor. So now I'm going to let the front of the perineum, my pelvis move forward and have the front of my perineum, that little one-inch circle, 12 o'clock, drop forward between my legs on the seat. And now literally my head came into alignment with the back of my spine. So in these very simple exercises where I'm teaching you your anatomy and how to open up 
the fibers at the base of the buttocks, you begin to say, hmm, how do I get up and down off the chair? Do I need to use the, the arms of the chair to get up? Well, if I'm collapsed backwards and I'm sitting on my tailbone, there's no way I can get out of this chair. I literally have to come forward to get out of the chair. And so in very basic sitting awareness, standing awareness, point by point, I'm going to want you to look internally and watch and feel, oh, gee, my right side, I I can't quite get my upper torso out of my right side. Why not? Why, in your case, are you feeling the pain in your left side? Because as I said, you're falling your upper body into that left side. And so all the weight is going down in there. And your low back is taking the brunt and the pain through the legs. So when you look at these pictures and I give you the instructions, mm-hmm. they're easy. They're so easy. And anatomy is really easy if, if we can learn it. And so just sitting in a chair is going to bring you enormous information because then you're going to get into your car. And when I get into my car, the first red light that I get to, right. I say to myself, oh, Jenny, you're sitting on your right butt. You're not really sitting evenly on each side. Huh, here's the old pattern again. And so I know what to do. I know that I literally have to open those fibers under my right buttocks. So I stop at a light and I put my hand under my upper right thigh and I literally pull the fibers out and I image that they're coming out from deep inside that middle of the circle. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's my left buttock. I open my right, I'm in my left. I open my left, I'm in my right. Wow, Jenny. Very simply, you will begin to create space. Right, but we have to definitely to it. It's not easy if you're just waiting to do a shortcut. This is something that you really have to delve into. Right. And I'm really, in all honesty, I'm in awe just listening to this because I never mm. knew of this. This embodiment, this courage to be truly embodied is a light. It is, and I think you even mentioned that. It's a light from the, our divine source that informs us as to who we really are and see mm-hmm. how it breaks out. Because even in my even in my previous shows, it always leads back to that: who are we truly? And the, even the book mentions this. This is the awakening call for all of us to get our bodies mm-hmm. in alignment and make sure this is the coming new year for 2018. So this is the time now to start focusing on yourselves more. But Jenny, I want to thank you so much for creating this enlightenment, mm. open our eyes up and awaken us spiritually and physically and mentally to mm. this divine mission that we are here for. And I uh, I do. I want to ask, Jenny, before we, before we go, where can mm. we purchase your book? Ah, thank you so much for asking. Well, the book 
is on Amazon.com, and it's Spiritual Anatomy, Realigning Body and Soul. And what you can all do, before you even buy the book, on my website, you can download the first chapter. And so the website is www.core, C-O-R-E, body, wisdom.com. And so if you go to Core Body Wisdom and go to the book, you can download an excerpt and, um, and see the, some pictures. And, and if you feel that it could serve you, go to Amazon. Thank you again, Jenny. And uh, if any viewers, if you have problems with listening, do catch the archive at www.brightsidewithtk.com. Information will be on my page. And before I leave, the truth of the day is this. Live by your values. Living by your values allows you to become a positive influence on others. Do not hide. Express yourself. Embracing life without hesitation. By simply being yourself, you can help the people in your life see how one person can make a difference. Of course, your values should be expressed without judgments, assumptions, or motives about others who might have different values. All you can do is live your truth. Today, live by your values, and that's from my friend and former guest, Mary Ellen Signovich. I'll see you next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 